Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, as Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock so eloquently put it, it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. And by two, I'm talking about the two on the back of Kyrie Irving's jersey. Oh, shit, wait, is that an 11? You know what? For, for this intro, just pretend like that 11 on the back of Kyrie Irving's jersey is just two ones. One plus one equals two. It takes two to make it out of sight. But you know what? We're not even talking about Kyrie Irving today. Instead, we'll be talking about different pairings and two-man tandems we're interested in seeing from the Lakers this upcoming season. We'll also talk about some of our favorite three-man combos as well, because it takes three to make a thing go badoink-a-doink or something. Uh, anyways, I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Alan, how you doing? I'm good. So, quick icebreaker question for you. I did not prep you to this. So I'm very interested in to seeing how you'll react to this on the fly, but does it take two or take three to make things go right? And for a more relevant Lakers question, do you prefer the Kobe and Shaq duo or the Kobe Pow Odom trio? Oh, oh, good question. Um, I think that I'm gonna go with three for Bedoinka Doinks. <laughs> why do you Why do you prefer the Kobe Pow Odom trio instead of the Kobe Shack duo? So, I I think that there's a lot more. Um, you, you could be very dynamic. You know, I I mean. Kobe Shaq is once in a freaking lifetime. You know what I mean? It's the best duo, you know, whatever Shaq, however he phrases it all the time, most unmatched this and that um, dynamic duo ever in history. So to recreate something like that, I mean, I don't even know if that's that's realistic, you know. Um, but to have a, a trio of players that's uh, each one's well, well-rounded, um, they, they bring, like, unique skill sets to the table you kind of have like an alpha (laughs) and then you have a couple players who are like supporting plus you know um i like that that idea yeah i I think that the reason why kobe and shaq work so was because they're both alpha dogs Mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah i think for me i go with the kobe pow odom trio too just because i was a little bit older in my lakers fanhood and was more salient about basketball knowledge and these different players and i personally really loved Lamar Odom and I started my Lakers fanhood during the Kobe Shaq three-peat era but by that point you could see the writing on the wall as to where LA as a town and as an organization and franchise was going right and it was going Kobe's direction so I was always more of a you know Kobe guy especially by the end of it and so kind of seeing the ups and downs of Kobe's career I feel like the Kobe Pow Odom trio and that sort of run 
meant a little bit more to me because I saw us go from the peak, the highest of peaks to the lowest of lows, and then somehow be able to rebound after that, right? And Kobe also mentioned that he he loves the second iteration of championships better because it was tougher. It was the toughest challenge he's ever had, and he was able to overcome it. And also just the synergy between Kobe, Pau, Odom. Just in the same way that Shaq would kill it in this generation, I mean, Pau and Odom... That trio, even more so now, because they could also shoot threes and their passing skills were off the charts. Like, I would love to see that trio dominate in this era with more spacing, with them shooting more threes. They could give Golden State a run for their money for sure. But again, Shaq would also be eating people up as well. The Rudy Gobert's of the world. So, so actually, you know, it's funny when you ask the question, I thought of it more in terms of like, what model do I prefer? Um, for like a team to follow, right? Okay. What blueprint? So I was kind of thinking like, what's more realistic and you know stuff like that. Now, if we're just straight up talking preferences, Kobe Shaq versus yeah, then I'm going Kobe Shaq all the way. Okay. <laughs> Actually, okay. That's um, fair. yeah, dude, and it, it was just like so freaking fun, like so dominant, you know, and tumultuous, um, very volatile at times, for more times than not, if anything. But I, I think now, actually, if it were to happen again somehow with us being, you know, not fifth and sixth graders or whatever, like we were at those days, it would be such an interesting character study (laughs) to see, like, like I said before, actually, these two alphas butting heads, but then somehow making it work. Um, That alone would be really enticing to see unfold, albeit stressful and frustrating, I'm sure. So yeah, I kind of changed my answer depending on what angle we're looking at this from. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. All right. With that said, in this quick micropod episode, this will be another one of those standalone summer episodes where we're not sure if a trade has happened. We're not sure if we've got new players or whatnot, but this is sort of an episode to help you stem the tide between training camp season, when training camp starts, whenever a big trade happens. So just be mindful of that. Today, we'll be talking about what two-man or three-man pairings we'd like to see out of the Lakers involving some of their new free agent signings. Uh, But before we get to all that, please remember to rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app and then the Spotify app as well. If you haven't heard the Lakers legacy breaking news yet that we broke uh, last episode, Tommy's having a baby this December. So if you'd like to send him a congratulatory message, sending it via a rating and review is the best way to show Tommy that you care and that you want his future son to say Liddy as his first word. Uh, But yeah. It would also be great if you could help us reach 100 five-star ratings on the Spotify app as well before the season starts. You get us to 100 stars, we guarantee Westbrook's no longer a Laker by media day. So there you go. If you don't do it, that means that you don't love Tommy and his future child. So uh, that's pretty messed up if you don't do it. All right, Alan, let's get into these tandems. Let's first talk about our favorite potential two-man tandem units featuring some of the Lakers' newest free agent signings. For obvious reasons, we are going to keep Kendrick Nunn and THT out of discussions because we don't know where they stand on the roster and if they'll end up being trade collateral. So we'll focus on combos featuring just the new free agent signings. For the two-man lineups, you can't say AD and LeBron is your favorite two-man lineup because obviously, no shit. But you can pair AD or LeBron up with one of the new newbies and explain why you think that tandem could have good synergy with one another or why you just want to see it happen. So give me your... We can go back and forth on this, Alan. Let's start with our top three two-man units with a new free agent signing. This could be what you want to see on the court, whether you think they have potential, whether they'll be intriguing. So which pairings do you think have a chance to flourish? Let's start with... Let's start with our best pairing and go down the rung from there. Who's who's at your top number one pairing? All right. 
Um, so I have pretty high hopes for Thomas Bryant <laughs> on this team and uh, Anthony Davis. Okay. I'm going to be really interested to see what that looks like as far as floor spacing because we did not have that. AD was forced to play the five, um, which he didn't like doing. And I, I think that it'll be really interesting to see that starting lineup. We're assuming Thomas Bryant's going to be the starting five. Uh, how our offense is going to flow, how it's going to open up the floor. AD's going to have room to operate. We'll see how Darvin Ham's going to use him. Um, I'm pretty excited to see how that's going to work out. I'm optimistic. Uh, and then just to see, you know, Thomas Bryant's been hurt, you know, quite a bit. And it, it sounds like uh, he's he's healthy now. So pretty stoked for that combo. So no joke. Number one, I have AD and TB. Mainly for the offensive benefits, we'll see how TB rebounds physicality-wise and, you know, health-wise, whether or not he can be a good defender. Because defensively, he's never been a great center. But... I will say that in his career, Thomas Bryant has typically been the lone center on his teams, just manning the paint. On the Washington Wizards, he played with uh, power forwards like Jeff Green and Rui Hachimura, and he was this lone guy who had to, you know, rim protect. He's never played next to a big like Anthony Davis. He played a little bit last year with Daniel Gafford, but it was so shoddy and his minutes were so sparse that you can't really glean too much from that. But... This upcoming season will be the first time that he's not going to be relied upon to be the main center on defense. So I'm hoping because he knows Anthony Davis is behind him, he'll be able to move his feet better on the perimeter, use his activity and energy better overall as a help defender. Uh, So being next to a defensive player of the year like Anthony Davis, I think should help cover, not only cover Thomas Bryant's defensive deficiencies, but maybe even maximize his defensive potential as well right but really offensively is where i absolutely love the versatility he can give ad alan i had you watch some ad and demarcus cousins highlight reel tape of their time in new orleans did you glean anything out of that and could you see thomas bryant sort of fitting into that demarcus cousins role because he's not he's not the playmaker and passer demarcus cousins was but in terms of the pick-and-pop spacing, the inverted pick-and-rolls that they can set for one another, where he sets the screen, pops out, and then AD sets the screen for him, yada, yada. It's almost interchangeable, and the versatility between screener, popper, roller, and just the space he'll allow AD to operate at the top and take his man off the dribble and, you know, get an unassuming power forward or center on his skates, I think that has so much potential. So if you want to speak to what you saw out of AD and DeMarcus Cousins a little bit and how you see that sort of pairing up nicely with, you know, a lower-end version in Thomas Bryant, but, I mean, the similarities are there. Absolutely. Uh, The first thing that I think of is like that high, low pick and roll kind of thing, kind of in the mid post area. And yeah, Thomas Bryant's probably not going to be the one like throwing lob passes to AD (laughs) as the roll man. Um, Who knows? Maybe he's got that in his game and he just hasn't had the chance to like show it. But uh, AD could be throwing those to Thomas Bryant for sure, because we know that AD is a great passer. We know that he was like a point guard for most of his life till he hit a crazy growth spurt. Um, That even made me think, Completely different players, but like Powell and Lamar Odom used to do that type of thing mm-hmm. all the time. Powell and Andrew Bynum, right? Uh, Giannis and Brooke Lopez, for that matter, <laughs> in Milwaukee. Um, so I think the blueprint is there for them offensively. Like you said, there's a lot of versatility. Getting back to like the DeMarcus Cousins things, I mean, he is much more dynamic as a player. He's he's like a playmaker himself. He can really 
um, go one-on-one and suck in the defense, whereas Thomas Bryant's really not going to do that. But as a catch-and-shoot player, um, when AD's getting all that attention, right, and that space to work with, uh, I, I feel like he can really flourish um, with someone taking, like you know, you said before, he's never played with like a true big, a true uh, someone who could also play center. So um, there are a lot of reference points out there for what this could look like. Darvin Ham's got the experience, uh, even with yeah, Brook Lopez and Giannis. So uh, just more reasons, like we both said, to be excited for it. Yeah, and unlike Brook Lopez, though, um, Thomas Bryant has. I think better overall mobility and the ability Absolutely. to put the oh no doubt and put the ball on the floor a little better, right? And that's why I, I liken him more to Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> Brook Lopez does it in like a super 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 slow deliberate way that's effective. So just imagine speed that up times one point five. Yeah, and yeah. and on top of that, Thomas Bryant has some passing chops as well. Like I mentioned, he's not the playmaker Demarcus Cousins is, but you get him on that short roll, he can make some nifty passes into the paint or kicking it out to guys on the perimeter. And so I can see a lot of like that high-low action, that's inverted screen action with Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis that could be very tantalizing. So yeah, that's my number one. Let's move on to your number two pairing that you're kind of most intrigued about. Yeah, Um. so... I'm going to go with LeBron and Juan Toscano Anderson. Jesus Christ, dude. That's my number two as well. So <laughs> Alan and I did not share our list no, with we each did other. Not. Uh, so Alan, tell me why you're so intrigued by LeBron and JTA. I'm guessing this is more on the defensive end, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JTA, I think, is, again, like pretty underrated. You know, he lost some playing time, but the Warriors are just super deep. So we didn't get to see as much this past season from him. But like you said, defensively, I mean, he's a lot bigger, too. And we've talked about this before than people realize. And to to think of him and LeBron as, uh, you know, wings defending the perimeter, uh, having the versatility to go down low as well. Uh, I, I think that that could be one of those like killer type lineups. Um, that could be a closing lineup if you need that defensive stopper uh, and an, a young energy guy too, who's not going to you know have as much fatigue on his body and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> also, JTA is a super underrated playmaker and passer. Again, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it before, but you know when he's out there with Steph and Clay and Draymond, like yeah, you're not going to see him really distributing the ball as much, but uh, to think of him and LeBron uh, both having that in their bag, right? Both of them running the fast break and uh, really seeing the floor um, and, and creating for others. Uh, I, I think that it's going to be really, uh, I think it has the potential to be electric, actually. So I'm, I'm really excited about that pairing. Yeah, so I think, obviously, this is tailored more towards the defensive end. But like you mentioned, offensively, I could see it clicking the same way that it clicked for LeBron James and Alex Caruso. Remember, their advanced analytics and net ratings were off the charts. And JTA, I I mentioned he reminds me of Alex Caruso, and this is going to sound blasphemous, but I actually don't see that much of a difference. I think Caruso is obviously the far superior primary creator off the dribble. He's a better three-point shooter. But I think JTA sort of approximates everything else Caruso does pretty well with regards to, you know, being a hustle guy, being very strong, being able to hold his ground. And in some senses, he can guard bigger players than Alex Caruso could, like guys who are 6'8", 6'9". And then his read and react potential offensively with LeBron James is so tantalizing to me, the same way that Alex Caruso was so smart as an off-ball cutter as well. I see JTA being that really smart off-ball player who makes 
quick reads and cuts within the flow of an offense. He's going to be the beneficiary of a lot of slick LeBron James passes after he cuts baseline. And he's such a good systematic short roll passer as well. So you're going to see a lot of fun give and go type action between him and LeBron James where he throws LeBron James a bullet pass that leads straight into a lob or tomahawk jam and then vice versa. And then Obviously, defensively, you could see how they'll wreak havoc on the perimeter and how they'll immediately take that down the other end of the court and use their athleticism and speed to absolutely tear the rim down, right? And so I think the combo of strength, power, and athleticism and smarts from both of them is what really intrigued me. And I think LeBron is going to find playing with JTA is going to make his life so much easier. He's going to make all the right plays, all the right moves. So I'm very excited about that pairing. With that said, let's take it to break. And when we return, we'll close it out with our last two-man pairing and then maybe get into some quick three-man units that we'd also like to see. So we will catch you guys after the break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Alan. So we're back. Let's get to number three, our third two-man pairing that we'd like to see. Um, and obviously, I don't know why I did this anticlimactically because it goes one, two, three down. But you know what? Uh, maybe there isn't a particular preferential <laughs> order here. We're just excited about all these pairings. So what's another two-man unit that has you sort of intrigued? Okay. Uh, so for this one, um, I'm going to go with... I'm pretty sure this isn't your third one. Yeah, I'm gonna see. go with uh, LeBron and Lonnie Walker the fourth. That is definitely not one of my two man pairings. <laughs> but uh, explain to me why LeBron and Lonnie Walker the fourth. Okay, okay. So Lonnie Walker the fourth, we know, is very aggressive offensively, and <clears throat> he's a, a freak athlete, right? So while it's not that they're gonna like play off of each other as a tandem or like a duo, but when they're out there on the floor with one another, um, I think that there is some potential. He's kind of like a J.R. Smith-ish <laughs> type of player mm-hmm. um, where he's he, he's aggressive, right? And, and he can cut to the basket, right? He's super explosive. Um, I think that maybe LeBron would be able to find him moving off ball and uh, kind of spoon feed him in a way. And he's, he can finish, you know, really mm-hmm. well at the basket in the rim. Um is he a guy that we want isolating? Absolutely not. Is he a guy that probably will isolate too much from time to time? Probably. But if those things can kind of get squared away uh, and they can kind of figure each other out and he can be adaptable, I think that um, there's there are some good like momentum plays, right, that can be uh, that can occur as a result of that sheer athleticism. And we, we've seen you know how LeBron can um, put guys in those positions again where they look a lot better than they actually are not to make that like a backhanded compliment but that's sort of something that i could see happening at its best well also in transition transition play lebron james and lonnie walker steamrolling down the lane those are two freight trains in some senses you know i've made this comparison but lonnie walker is mini lebron when he goes up for that tomahawk jam and you know cocks it all the way back behind his head so 
some of the plays we could see from either of them throwing that lob up into the air could be very electric. So I'm also excited to see what those two can do with their sheer force and athleticism. Um, for me, and I also I kind of got super hipster with this one. I don't think anybody's going to have this on their top three two-man units that they're looking forward to or two-man pairings that could potentially have some synergy. But I have Anthony Davis and Troy Brown Jr. What? So here's my rationale here. With potentially no Westbrook and potentially no none because they might be going out in trades, the Lakers will all of a sudden need some more primary initiating help. If they get Kyrie Irving, then obviously that's assuaged a little bit, or a lot of bit. But let's say they get the Buddy Heald-Turner package, then we actually need some more guys who can actually playmake. We have a lot of guys who are capable who can fill the gap, but no true point guard playmakers, right? We have Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson can handle the ball a little bit, Lonnie Walker, with regards to some of the role players, right? And I'm not saying that Troy Brown is a true point guard playmaker, but out of the guys we'd have left in... Reeves, Walker, maybe THT if, if he's still here. Troy Brown is actually, I feel like, the guy who has the best vision. And coming out of high school, he was a five-star point guard recruit. So he has the pedigree and chops as a point guard you know, player. It's just the fact that he was 6'6 and modeled as a wing in college and then the NBA. But even still, you've seen his playmaking chops on display. And I think you know, AD always sort of needs, outside of LeBron, that Rondo-like partner who syncs up with him, especially because we like to play AD with some of the bench units, right? And so I think Troy Brown can approximate and be that guy, not saying that he's going to play even 18 minutes, but that in the limited amount of time he plays with AD, I think he may be able to find a real synergy with him because of his ability to play make and be that Rondo-like player who lobs it to him or drives it into the lane, penetrates, and all of a sudden gives him that scoop-de-doo pass, shovel pass in the lane where all AD has to do is dunk. Troy Brown Jr. actually has chemistry with Thomas Bryant from their Washington Wizards days, and he's already shown nice pick-and-roll knack of finding his big man. So imagine what he'd do with a guy like Anthony Davis, who you just sort of throw in his vicinity and he'll finish it, right? So I think an AD and Troy Brown pick-and-roll could potentially be something fun to watch. And even if Troy Brown isn't the primary initiator, where he's the one bringing the ball up the court and orchestrating the offense— He's still a great secondary playmaker who likes to drive and attack closeouts and pass it out from there. And I think he'll be able to toss some really nifty, flashy lobs and passes to AD once he attacks the defense and penetrates. So that's why I could potentially see something manifesting itself in the AD and Troy Brown pairing. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? No, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It was totally off my radar. That is very hipster. Uh, that's got me a little bit more excited than the uh, LeBron and Lonnie Walker combination. So, uh, no, I, I like that. Yeah, so really quickly to close this episode, Alan, why don't you just run through some, because a lot of this bleeds into the two-man units. You're probably just tacking on like a third guy. So give me your top three of some three-man units that you could potentially see thriving and then give bullet point reasons as to uh, why you like them. And you can just go one, two, three down the line. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I like, I still like Anthony Davis and Thomas Bryant, right? Um mm-hmm. And then to throw a third player into that mix. Um, so I'm going to go with Troy Brown Jr. actually. I'm <laughs> like totally Ooh, going okay. off script because of everything that you just said. So I don't need to like reiterate it. But just like thinking about as you're talking, I was like, oh shit, like I, I could see some oh, of that because working he has, out well. He has chemistry with TB and then all of a sudden he has a better TB and AD. I like it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So I like that one now. Um, and then I would go 
So JTA, LeBron, and um, and Jones, because defensively, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that could really wreak havoc. Um, are we allowed to do LeBron and Anthony Davis as two of the three? Sure. <laughs> or is that too, yeah, like, sure. that, that's, like, so obvious, right? So as, as far as, like, a closing lineup, essentially, AD, LeBron, and JTA. Um, I think that defensively, that's something that you're going to see down the stretch of games. Like you said before, the Alex Caruso took kind of a comp. We remember what the heck that looked like, um, how awesome and beautiful it was to watch them stifle teams. So, yeah, that's like super refreshing to think of in comparison to last year. No, for sure. For me, I'll go really quickly. I have number one, LeBron, Lonnie Walker, and JTA. Because of the transition mayhem potential of this group could be lethal and devastating. All three guys are extremely strong, athletic, and sturdy. In the open court, three freight trains running down the lane. And all of them have the ability to pass, too. And then obviously JTA and LeBron can hold it down defensively. Um, Number two, Anthony Davis, Damian Jones, and JTA. Now, this is probably our best, like, frontline three-man defensive group. And I wouldn't be surprised to see all of these three guys in some of the best In some of the Lakers' best defensive lineups, they bring the length, the activity, the rebounding, the ability to contain the perimeter as well, but also the ability to to protect the rim and bang down low. The spacing might be a little bit mucky, but, you know, we'll we'll work that out later. And, Alan, before you go, one one quick thing about Damian Jones is I, I mentioned his jump shot statistics, right? I have some statistics that show you just how much he's improved. So with regards to shooting, in 2019-20, in 55 games, Damian Jones shot 3 of 14 on jump shots. Okay, keep that in mind, 3 of 14. In 2020-21, through 39 games, he shot 10 of 23 on jump shots. So a a slight improvement, right? Last year, in 56 games, Damian Jones shot 39 of 85 jump shots. So you go from 3 to 10 to 39, and that doesn't even include the 10 of 29 or 10 of 30 three-point shots that he took, right? That's just pure jump shooting. So even with regards to offensive potential, I know I'm talking about Damian Jones with regards to his defensive capabilities in a three-man unit, but, you know, if that jump shot is for real, you could see him work out pretty well with Anthony Davis in a two-man lineup as well, maybe better than the Thomas Bryant iteration. So something to look out for. And then my last group is... Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, and Stanley Johnson. To me, this is like another version of a fast-paced electric group that could kill it in transition. It's just the junior varsity version. Um, It's the less stable version that has LeBron James, Lonnie Walker, JTA in it. But this one, I feel like, is more of the uh, beauty and the chaos wildcard type trio that in some senses could have more verve and oomph uh, and upside as a group, you know, in the same way that, you know, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves, and Stanley Johnson worked out so well last year. I feel like this group of multiple playmakers, multiple athletes, but also guys who can handle the ball a little bit, I think you can see that same sort of synergy develop between the, this trio. And obviously, if, if, you, if we still have Kendrick Nunn or THT on the roster, you know, put them into any one of these, flip them for Stanley or Reeves, and you can get the same sort of I feel like offensively dynamic action going on. So any thoughts on those three that you like or anything like that and close us out? Um, I'm, I'd like to end with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. As, uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wait, wait, no, God, don't, don't end with that. That is a terrible way to end things. Let's, let's, well, let's run that. So I, I say it because I forgot that, you know, he's currently on this team. And of course we are proceeding, assuming that he will be gone. 
but the fact that it's like not even a variable in this equation, not even a word in the word bank to choose from, was like, oh wow, like we've we've moved on completely, and that's just not reality yet. But let's hope that it will be. Let's hope that it will be. All right. With that said, we will catch you guys later. Alan, I will let you go. And yeah, hopefully a trade happens soon. So, laters. Peace. Peace. Peace.